Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb Dog listeners. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati, two of my colleagues and friends from Tavana organization. And today we are going to talk about humor and what makes, uh, what makes us laugh and uh, what is behind humor and uh, what is the science behind humor. So today we're going to talk about, um, you know, like there are uh, as many different functions and styles of humor as there are versions of the old jokes. Like we say, how many does it take to change a light bulb or that type of thing? So why do we crack up at some jokes and while others are flat? So today, uh, not only we are going to talk about that, but also positive psychology and, um, and, um, and that uh, humor can be nice and can be also very hurtful when it comes to culture, politics, personal issues. So we're going to open up this conversation today. So welcome, Dr. Alexandrati and Dr. Daniel Rockers to the, um, I don't know how many so far we have done, hundreds some <laughs> sessions. Thank you, Dr. Malikovzali. We missed you. I just want to say first and foremost, we missed you. Uh, if listeners have been following us along, they realized that uh, Dan and I were left to our own devices. And uh, I feel like probably our last couple episodes, uh, especially just with Dan and I, were probably just mostly humor. And then we talked about other stuff. Uh uh, as we we often joke with each other, you know the the humor in this group uh, is such an important aspect to I think our relationship, uh, and it can be something that I think solidifies relationships as well as even initiates that. Uh, I know for myself, humor is a huge part of my life. Uh, I, I have family; we all joke. Uh, I have actually a cousin, uh, Carlos Rodriguez. He's a comedian, actually. Uh, he's performed across the country, uh, so. Of all of us joking, he is the one who could actually do it professionally. Uh, so it's it's even that big in our family that you know somebody's even gone on to pursue that as a career. Um, and yeah, it's definitely something I think that we kind of have to learn about ourselves, about others. Uh, there can be a, a negative side to it. It could be a way to kind of dismiss or compartmentalize emotions. Um, it can be used to to hurt and to offend others. And so yeah, there's so many aspects of humor. Yes. that I think are so important to be aware of versus just being like, well, I thought it was funny. You know, that's probably not a good uh, rebuttal if somebody says you said something mean or hurtful. Well, I thought it was funny. Um, yeah, I could end up doing a lot of damage, especially now in this time, uh, this day and age, people are being held accountable for the things that they said. You can't hide behind. It's just a joke or I didn't mean it. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I think um, along those lines, I would also add, I think people have become hypersensitive too to a lot of things. And that I'm not saying everything is okay, but I am saying I think the pendulum may have swung a bit past the midpoint in terms of that, where people pretty easily offended at this point. There's a lot of stuff I could be outraged at, um, but I think an important part of maturity too is developing some sort of buffer for some of that as well. The difficulty lies in how much is too much, right? Because we don't want it to be too much, but you also you want to allow for some humor as well. I think one of the things that's important, I was just jotting some notes as we were talking, is it's some of it is the intention 
of the humor that is being placed out there. Mm -hmm. So some is the intention, and that comes from the person making the statement, and some of it is how it receives or how it lands, and that is on the person receiving or landing. And what we don't always know is, well, have there been events in the receiver's life which render them a little more sensitive to things where it wouldn't be funny? Mm-hmm. A good example of that would be like some comedy shows where a person's hand gets chopped off or bitten off by a, a fake alligator. Those are kind of funny, mm-hmm. but they're not very funny if you are a person who lost their hand in an industrial press. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's a, an account of, yes, they're very sensitive to it and they are appropriately sensitive to it. Right. So, but uh, it's something that we value about people, you know. Um, I remember even in our administrative uh, evaluation, there was a question: uh, Is your administrator um, you does does your administrator use humor? And I think in especially American culture, having humor is such a plus and positive. And then when we talk about humor there should be a description of what humor is because if it becomes hostile, if it, if it becomes um, you know, sarcastic rather than humor, then it's not about jokes and laughing. It just becomes really hostile and hurtful. So when we talk about a humor, we really talk about someone who says jokes or says things that are funny and make people laugh without making anybody uncomfortable, but also in my perception is totally personal. People who are funny are also very smart because right at the point, say something relevant and funny that later you think, wow, how smart that was that you pick right when someone says something, you say something funny. I always feel like, um, because I know someone who is absolutely funny and says things that later you think, how could he ever think of this right away, you know? So that's something I was thinking about when we were talking about humor, that person came to my mind. He's actually a physician um, and, uh, and, and he's so funny when it comes to um, his work as an MD and also just real life, constantly he jokes about something you say, he immediately comes with something very funny. And um, I always feel like this is really uh, nice and it's, it's good, especially in this culture, we value humor a lot. Yeah, I totally agree. There has to be like this wit to you that you're able to quickly capitalize on that. And it's funny when you said that too, because it, I find in my family, it's it's almost a value. We, we all take a source of pride in being able to kind of respond to something kind of quickly. So somebody will say something and we'll even be like, oh man, you took, you like, you, you beat me to it. Like, you're just like, ah, or somebody says something and you're wanting to kind of one up that. And so um, it, it's just this, uh, this idea of like going back and forth. Growing up, there's a term that we used to use, it was called like bagging on each other. And what we would do is we'd go back and forth and just kind of insult people, uh, each other. It was like, uh, you know, they, they, there's age old, you know, mama jokes, like your mama's so fat or your mama's so ugly and things like that. And we would, we would do that, you know, not about our mom, but just like about different things to kind of, you know, you, you would 
up me and I would up you. And, and there's a source of pride in being able to be quick and smart about it, as well as uh, be able to continue to go. And so, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it just seems like, oh, there's there's so much pride in that. It's so important in, in our in our family, at least, to be able to be that quick and that smart about things. Do you like in your family? Do you also is there a line that is common that is, well, you left yourself wide open. Is that that is a, a thing there? Yeah, I, I mean, everything is is everything is open game. For example, I always tell people I'm bald and, and I always joke that before I started shaving my head, I had to be ready with some quips towards my family because I, I knew I was going to get bald jokes. I, I, I remember times in my family where other family members were bagged on, insulted, joked, teased because they were bald. And so, I mean, and they're, they're almost like historical, like people in my family still talk about that. Remember you said this to that person? And it's just like, oh my God, yeah, I remember he was so embarrassed and like everybody was laughing. And so those things take on. So, so a couple of my quick responses for listeners who are also bald as well. You know, my parents, you know, my family, they're like, oh, oh, you're bald. You know, I'm not bald. I'm just aerodynamic, you know? And so that was one. And then the other was like, no, I'm, I'm not bald. I'm just, I'm so smart. My brain ate all my hair. And so, uh, you know, they were like, what, you know? And so I had to at least have something ready because it was going to be like, you know, Mr. Clean, it was going to be, you know, some other insult joke. And, and if I wasn't ready to, to kind of come back with something, I would be an easy target. So, uh, you know, I, a joke too, I, you know, I'm not bald. I just gave up on hair, you know? And so it's just, you know, you, you gotta be ready to like playfully, but then also too, know that you can't be sensitive about things. So it does, it creates a resilience too. Like you have to be able to endure, uh, uh, you know, comments, uh, you know, insults even in that way. So you can't, you can't be sensitive. You can't be soft about those things. Did it ever go to a place or how often did it go to a place where there was like a real wound. Like you got wounded by it. Did that happen or not? Yeah, yeah, I think to some degree, but you you can't, it's almost like you can't, and again, the saying out loud, I don't know how good that is in that way. I think, but you can't be, it, it teaches you have to be resilient. You have to be, you have to be able to go with those things. And I think there's some value in that in regards to, okay, like, life is going to throw you a lot. You know, if you're getting, if you're sensitive about even these types of things, you know, that's going to be, you know, really difficult. I think there are times, you know, I think it is a rule of thumb is if my mom stepped in, okay, you guys knock it off. Stop seeing that somebody got mad or something like that. Or, you know, that there is a, you know, somebody's like, okay, you need to stop playing. You know, it's just, it, it can get to that point, but yeah, I don't think I try to think for me, anything that's off the table. No, I, they, they tease me about, you know, being bald. It's, you know, uh, even, you know, I, I wore, I was one of uh, the few, first in my family to wear like form fitting clothing because, you know, back in the day, everybody would like sag and you'd have like clothes that were like three sizes too large. <laughs> and so my, my brothers, they'd be like, Hey, what are you doing with that medium shirt on? You know? And it's just like, this is not medium. It's, it fits, it's a normal size. And so, I mean, you, you can't be sensitive about anything. What is so, medium? What does that mean? Small it's, a, it's a between small and medium. So it's medium. Yeah. I never, I've never heard that term before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I mean, again, even wordplay, you know, it's like there's wordplay in it too. So there's a psychology into humor. And I think now Alex and Dan, as we were 
uh, conversing, I was just thinking about, you know, probably like in our own life, we have a personal life, we have professional life, we have uh, a different um, way of behaving around our friends or different groups. I think our humor probably is also in different levels. You know, when we are with the family, it's sort of more open, you know, space to say what you want to say. But when you're in a professional world, your humor and your jokes are different. And also when, Alex, you were talking about different jokes that you were saying that sometimes it was, um, you know, it was sensitive. I think, again, back to psychology and back to how we perceive things, if we accept that here is, um, you know, a place for jokes. And if they say something that it's hurtful, but it has some reality, the first thing I need probably to do is accepting acceptance that, okay, let's just laugh about it and let's accept it. Let's just, for example, when you said the jokes about baldness, the joke about if somebody is, has a large frame and they call him or her, you know, big or fat, um, it's hurtful, but then also it teaches us acceptance. You know, I'm here with the family and they're joking and they laugh about different things. And part of it, it might be hurtful, but let's accept it and laugh along because you can all of a sudden become serious and then change the atmosphere because a lot of people are sitting there having fun and all of a sudden, sudden you're hurt and you start behaving differently. I don't know. This is my perception. What do you guys think? I think sometimes things go too far and you may need to shut it off. Yeah. I think in a group and I'm thinking like mob mentality, things are funny and that gets rolling, but it can be easy to forget that there's a person over there who may be taking a few too many hits. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's always the case. I'm just saying uh, I've seen some cases where things got went a little too far. So isn't it like, like one time? Sorry, I was just saying, say, is it to be a party pooper? It's just same the same thing, you know. Everybody is ha laughing and having a good time, and then all of a sudden you say, "Hey, stop! It's going too far." <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I would like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be a party pooper. Yeah, I would find that humorous. Now the now who's laughing? Now it's me. <laughs> what were you saying, Dan? At work, something happened. Uh, there was a situation. Oh, I, this was uh, at least probably 30 years ago when I worked in the corporate world. And we had, there was a consultant who had come in and we were doing this group thing. And what they would do, I forget somehow somebody would, we would do something and then they would pick one person and compliment that person afterwards. And everybody in the whole room would say something. And somehow it got turned on this one girl who was working there that somebody, instead of complimenting her, kind of did a little bit of a cut on her. And each succeeding person then did another cut and another cut. And that was really just like cutting her down. Mm -hmm. And it was, it turned into something kind of ugly. It was a bad scene. So yeah, <laughs> that's, the, that's an example of mob mentality, not necessarily the humor gone bad. Maybe those first few cuts were meant as humor, I don't remember. But my point being just that, in a group, 
the group also has to monitor themselves a little bit because things can get out of hand. Well, Alex, you talked about that. Sometimes your mom had to step in and say, all right, that's enough. Yeah. Hold yeah. On. Yeah. Especially or side A. Side yeah. A steps, side a, she steps oh, in with us. Enough. Yeah. <laughs> I have to constantly make sure you guys at some point to stop. Uh, but I was just going to say, like in our culture, and I'm sure our listeners are so familiar with that we have culture within culture in different parts of the uh, country and specifically there are parts of the country that people make a lot of joke about and I realized that recently I was talking to some of my friends uh, from that part they really opened up and they they mentioned that they don't like it but they've been putting up with it and when they hear those um you know, and each state or each part of the country is known for something. There are some parts that like people are hardworking, uh, they make good money, they're well off, they're part of the country that are sort of, you know, uh, laid back and they don't work as much. They're part that um, they're, they, they're spending money is very, you know, uh, thoughtful and, and so many different ways of living. And the jokes are sometimes hurtful to some people. And when one of my friends was talking about this and says, I'm tired of this. It seems like people from this part of the country, they're always perfect and good. And there's no jokes about them. But then they always joke about the other part. And, um, and she was very specific that she didn't like it. And it was very interesting because I thought even people from that part they always joke about themselves. And um, and then I was just thinking right now when we were talking, I thought maybe they're not deep inside happy, but they're trying to get used to it. That's why they say jokes about it too. So I, I it just, but my mind. Do you think she was party pooper or she was correct in asserting her feeling? Uh, you know, it was interesting for me because I right there, I thought if I was from that part of the country and people always joke about, you know, I'm this and that. And I don't know. It, it was just eye opener that we have to be careful when culturally we joke about each other. Like even in the United States, there's Southern people versus Northern people, you know, all different sorts of jokes about different parts of the country was specifically I know in in our culture there are so many jokes about different parts of the country and people laugh and there's so many funny jokes are you talking about Iran or US no Iran okay yeah should we uh, uh, go for US too, US too you know here we have so many jokes about southerners about you know a, we do have jokes about different people from different parts of the country. All right. So we got to our first break. We come back and continue our conversation about um, humor, about laughter, about psychology, positive psychology, psychology of the jokes, psychology of the humor. And um, we come back and we continue our conversation.
we're back with Dr. Alex Andrade and Dr. Daniel Rockers, uh, two of my colleagues from Kavanaugh Organization. And today we are talking about uh, the subject of humor and also the positive psychology and whether the laughter um, and jokes are um, appropriate at the time and, and as we work and as we have personal connection, uh, would we be careful about our jokes, where we are having this conversation or um, why we are saying what we are saying? Is it just for the uh, matter of making people laugh or is it being sarcastic? And to go back to what you mentioned, uh, the idea too of uh, you know the the role that you're in. So I, I actually do over the years have brought more humor into the work that I do uh, with patients, but it's always I'm always thoughtful of my audience. It, it definitely can't be for my benefit. It has to be something related to kind of what we're talking about in a way that kind of lightens the moment or kind of acknowledges. I always think with humor in general, there's a little bit of truth in a, a joke. That's what kind of makes it funny. And so to be able to, as we've talked about, you know, turn it in a way where we can kind of get a laugh out of it, uh, just as a way to kind of break up maybe the tension or just to kind of point out, you know, how ironic something is. Um, and, and that allows us to, to, not feel so heavy and so serious. Uh, but then, you know, with friends, you know, with you guys, I'll joke, especially off the air, a little bit more about things. And so, um, yeah, you definitely got to know, like, who you're talking with, the timing. Um, you know, it can be one of those things that can serve as a distraction, you know, if we're trying to, you know, record a show and, you know, me and Daniel, I'm throwing Daniel in here, me and Daniel are joking nonstop. It can become annoying maybe for you. Said it's like, well, we're trying to do something. We're trying to be productive. So it's like, you got to know, you know, when to have that humor, uh, when it can add to, to an interaction or relationship, or it can kind of hurt uh, or impede something. Yeah. And um, I, you know, this superiority theory, have you heard of that, that Sometimes humor suggests that uh, humor is essentially an attack on others. And um, we laugh at whatever makes us feel superior to others. Uh, if, if it's purposeful and it's if we know, for example, we are saying this joke to, um, you know, specifically some people from um, whatever content that, we are trying to say because um, I'm sure there are people that they joke and they make other people laugh just for the fact that they want to have a good time. But also there are people who specifically uh, just, you know, to say something um, specific to certain culture or to certain jobs or, um, or the appearances, they make some jokes and, and it's hurtful. So what do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. It, it, again, it's knowing no, the intent behind it. Is it to put somebody down? Is it to hurt somebody? Is it to cut? Um, you know, is it to kind of pull us up and make us feel, you know, smarter uh, to differentiate us from others? It, it can definitely be. I've seen it done. And I've in the course of my life of, 
you know, definitely recognize those times where, you know, a joke I can make can be really hurtful. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of jokingly tell somebody else, like, you know what I was going to say when they said this? And like, oh, that would have been horrible if you said that. That would have been like so mean. It's like, yeah. So again, I think it's, I think that's a part of the intelligence too with humor too. You got to know the the what? impact of it, how that's going to affect somebody. I think people who think they're really funny and but are more sarcastic or are just kind of being mean about it. Uh, those those people to me are some of the most annoying people because it's like it's not even funny. You're just being rude. It's yeah. it's only for your benefit, you know. I mean, a joke. Again, you got to know your audience in that way. And if you're just doing it for your own, you know, just self serving in that way, it can be. You're going to be that annoying person. Like, again, that guy's kind of a jerk, and he thinks everything he says is funny. He's the only one laughing. You know, that's that's a telltale sign if you're the only one laughing. Alex, were you looking at me when you just said that right now? <laughs> well, I I figured the look in it with the pointing really uh, really <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Doing both of those things might have really kind of indicated something. Were you also making a sign with my name on it too? I, I that's what like I a Wiley Coyote sign with just yeah. Daniel and an arrow on it. Yeah, all that's right. Yeah. Let's bring you back to positive psychology. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> See again, we're getting off track. See that? that yeah, humor, rope it man. in, man. Rope it in. I was trying to use humor there. <laughs> no, seriously, positive psychology. So. What is the positive psychology to do with uh, humor? Do you think in positive psychology, there can be humor as well, especially when we are working with patients? Uh, you know, um, how do we use that? Because I'm so careful when I'm with a patient using humor, because I know when we were studying, um, we had some great, great instructors. And sometimes um, they were sharing some uh, issues from their experiences that they always recommended um, sometimes humor in working with patients is very effective and works. And I have a hard time bringing humor because you don't know who you are dealing with, specifically when you don't know the person that well. Um, you have to be very, very, um, I think, um, as, as you said, Alex, is is something very delicate. Um, you have to be very careful, especially when a patient is sitting in front of you with issues. Um, I haven't been able to use humor with my patients. I don't know if you guys have been having some examples that you can share because I'm always very sensitive not to say anything that, uh, you know, they think you're not taking them seriously or how do you put it in a joke um, that you can laugh with your patient and they can get it that um, what's going on. Well, I want to go back. I think that's good. And I'd like to continue with that line before we do though. I want to come back to something you mentioned earlier side day about humor being a, an attack on somebody. And I know what I remember just historically, it seemed like in the late nineties in psychology, there came out a lot of these articles and theories that all, all humor was hurtful and that all humor was an attack on other people in some way. And I'm not, I don't know that I totally agree with that. And actually I do know, I don't totally agree with that. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's absolutely right. And I, because it sounds like that's a call to not have any humor. And I don't believe that's the case at all. So then now at that point of, 
Should we? I think definitely we have a use for it in positive psychology. I have a lot of patients who come to me through insurance. That is, say, an insurance carrier or the bureaucratic system. And those can be funny. And they're really kind of an unidentified. There is no individual necessarily has to get identified and can be humorous. And I think it can be beneficial. Alex, what, what's your take on it? I was just thinking in that uh, along the line of a joke. Side day. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. I was going to say a, a, a kind of maybe a joke along those lines, you know, with a patient, you know, that could kind of be harmless would be like, yeah, you know, insurance uh, can be such a pain. Yeah, I was on hold for, you know, five days the other day. And so, yeah, I can definitely sense your frustration. So you're aligning with the patient. Realistically, you weren't on hold for five days, but it just kind of points out like, yeah, this is this is the headache that I deal with. And so, and again, it doesn't have to, yeah, that damn insurance, you know, like, you know, you should call them up and, you know, you know, complain, you know, it's like, okay, well, some things are, you know, again, that the truth in the joke is that, yeah, they are slow moving entities. It's annoying. It's frustrating. Are we going to be able to change it? Probably not. But what can we do about it? Kind of joke about it, recognize it's a headache. And that allows us to kind of embrace it, acknowledge it, accept it, kind of move forward. Well, because insurance is a third person, right? I mean, or mm-hmm. third uh, is not just directly the person who is sitting in front of you. So we are always in, um, you know, um, the world of organization and leadership. We always uh, have a third person point in order to mention something, um, and and that was something that we've been always trained that don't ever say directly to someone something, but I always had a third person point or just say the organization is asking for this, you know? So um, it's always a third um, person point or, or third um, or organization point. But when it comes to psychology and individual one-on-one, uh, except that you gave the example of insurance, uh, do you have any personal um, examples of some sort of humor in working with patients? Because it's it's very interesting for me to know that how do we use that um, in a very sensitive way? I don't have any right off the top of my head. Alex, you've got something? You seem to be well, I was, yeah, I was going to say, I think that's hard. It, it's almost like teaching somebody how to be funny. It's, it's hard. You can't just say, do this or say this. Again, it's, it's got to be contextual. You, you got to, again, read the audience. You know, is there, there have been times where I want to say a joke and I can see like, this is not going to serve the patient in this moment. And that's one of the mentalities I have in anything that I say to a patient, you know, is this serving the patient? Is this helping the patient? Jokes, I, I look at it with even a, a, a finer lens in that way. Like I really have to be thoughtful and intentional about how I'm joking. So it is, it's, it's hard, I think, to teach. And it, it's hard to even say like, when would I say a joke? Because it, it just, there's this, this organic kind of nature of it in where the patient is at, you know, what we've been talking about. Um, you know, sometimes it is, I find at times some of the jokes are about, you know, the patient's perspectives. Like, for example, they're like, yeah, I kept telling myself, like, that's never going to happen. And it's just like, well, well, that's a great way to look at things, you know? And it's just like, and again, it's a, a, just a slight tone, a, a comment. And, and and they realize, like, it's ridiculous, you know, it's ridiculous. And they could kind of laugh about it, um, where it doesn't have to be maybe a, 
a sense of look at the flaw in your perspective. You know, I'm not laughing at them. I'm not, you know, joking about them. It's a joke about their perspective. And again, even that, like, you gotta, you gotta be reading a lot of things. And there's been times where I've said, you know, I want to go back to kind of made a joke about, you know, these two things that we were just talking about. Um, I just want to kind of clarify, like, did that feel, you know, that was that, you know, did that feel a way to hear that? You know, did, did you think I was like teasing or joking? Like, and, and that's harder because you're bringing it into the moment, into the, the interaction a little bit more, but you can also get a lot of good work there too. Cause they're like, yeah, I kind of felt I had to laugh, you know? And it's like, okay, well, what would it be like to say to me or to somebody else? Like that doesn't feel good when you say those type of things. So again, there's, there's a lot that you can get from it, especially in a therapeutic uh, relationship, but yeah, it's, yeah. I, I think if I had to err on the side of like, should you start trying to do that or is it something you do already? I would say don't start trying to be funny in session. Like if that's a part of you and who you are as a person and you think you can bring that side into therapy comfortably and naturally, then yeah, maybe to a very small degree. But yeah, it, it's not, I always joke to our patients. I, I joke with my cousin who's a comedian. I'm like, we both have captive audiences. I mean, patients technically have to sit there and listen to us for an hour, just like, uh, you know, an audience member at a comedy show have to, but the, what the patients are getting out of it is a lot different than what the audience is getting out of it at a comedy show. So I'm not going to use that as my stage to try to be a comedian for an hour or something like that. No, this is a time to help them. And if there is some humor just that comes out, then that's part of it. But our audience here is probably not therapists, but is individuals. And so with that in mind, does that change your answer? What if somebody, should somebody, I think that's what you're asking side A, right? Is how can we use humor in our everyday life? Can we, can you try to be funny there? I'm in Toastmasters where we give presentations every week. And some of, one of the paths that people can take is the use of humor or doing some humorous speeches. And it's interesting to note that there is a formula for a lot of the humor, which I was, I kind of knew that, but I was kind of surprised with it. And one is like the rule of three. And that is where you introduce three things. And then in concert with that is the idea that humor involves some sort of unexpected thing, something surprising. So if you do three things and you introduce one thing and then another thing, and those are both in line, but then the third thing, which the audience begins to expect is in line and you surprise them with a twist, that evokes an outburst of emotion, laughter generally. And it is actually a fairly reliable thing. And I think there's many different kinds of humor, but that's just one example of that. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the point coming back to the point being is... Well, do you, would you, Alex, did, would you recommend people practice using humor as a form of their own positive psychology? Oh yeah. I think definitely as individuals, you know, to see the, the humorous side of things and the humorous side of life reflects what the idea that I have to encourage of uh, openness and flexibility. Uh, And, you know, if things can be like with the insurance thing that I said a little while ago, that could either be something that adds to the frustration that a person experiences if they take it just at face value. You are on hold for five days. That is ridiculous. Like that's how long it felt or that's how long it was. 
or it can be seen another way. And so as a joke that, yes, it feels like I was on you know hold forever and it's annoying without it being like enraging. So I think if people can start to kind of see, you know, what are these other ways we can take these things without having to carry the, the seriousness of it, the weight of it, it can be important. So I dated as a teacher, did you use humor with your students? All the time. All the, <laughs> the fun part for me as I was teaching was, well, especially with kids in high school, you know, they, it's so fun to work with them. And, uh, you know, in the context of teaching, uh, it's so fun to work with kids. I loved it because, you know, they're just so great to work with and also joke around and laugh together. Uh, it was wonderful. I mean, I, it's for me, it was in a way I was sensitive to making sure always be positive, say something nice. But also it was so easy to make jokes and have fun. And sometimes uh, funny jokes that they were, um, you know, PG, um, <laughs> not even PG-13, I shared with the kids and we laughed together. And uh, sometimes, you know, how kids are, they would not get it. And you have to explain a little more and takes away the fun, the funny part of it. But it was all the time. And I just loved it. After I got so comfortable in my skin myself, I was always using jokes. But in psychology, it seems too sensitive for me. Um, and I probably have to start even doing that, uh, as Alex and you said, in the context and when you feel comfortable doing that. But I guess when you're sitting with someone who has a lot of issues and problems, uh, I haven't seen any place for a joke so far, but I may just, uh, you know, do it. But I personally love to um, be with people that they joke and they make me laugh. And I really think laughter is the most important thing in life. It just uh, helps your health. It uh, makes life, um, I guess, not taking it too seriously, it makes life even more fun. Um, I value humor a lot in people. And I laugh a lot because I love to laugh. And that's why I like to be around people who make me laugh and say jokes. Um, two people that I always remember, um, my mother's side of family, there were a lot of people who were joking all the time. Uh, and my father's side of the family were very serious. Uh, and it's so funny that these two completely different personalities, um, and uh, we always enjoyed being around people that they made us laugh. And we always to this day talk about them and some of their jokes that uh, has stayed uh, in our family forever and we still laugh about them and laugh about what they said. Um, funny people, I think, um, they just leave um, a very fun, um, you know, trace uh, in their lives. So I enjoy laughter and I enjoy um, being around people who make joke and make me laugh. Uh, with that, we got to another break. We come back and continue our conversation.
We're back with Dr. Alexandradi and Dr. Daniel Rockers. And today we are talking about laughter, about jokes, about positive psychology, about working with different people in different ways and uh, whether, um, you know, making jokes in our psychology world um, is too sensitive. And we continue our conversation with Dr. Andrade and Dr. Rockers. Have you ever noticed how you sleep better after you've laughed a lot during the day, especially those times where when you get together with somebody and you start making jokes and the other person makes a joke and you start laughing and you get to that magical point where everything is funny and you can say even just silly, stupid things and it just keeps you going. That's such a wonderful place to get to. And what I've noticed is after something like that, I always sleep so well. That's true because it's just, uh, I think anything positive, especially laughter is such a positive thing. It just brings so many good, um, you know, I guess it's the best nutrients for your soul. And as we talk about nutrients for your body, I think laughter is a good nutrient for your soul. And Obviously, it just helps your mind to relax. And we always hear about what laughters can, they, they can wonder to your health. So we take life too seriously sometimes. And I really want to go back to the philosophy of life. Um, we sometimes take life too seriously, whether we are in relationship, whether we are at work, whether we are stressed over things. But when you really think about it, we have such a short time of life. Is it worth to take it too seriously? Is it worth, um, you know, rather than enjoying it? Because sometimes even in my own personal life, something comes up and I take it seriously or I start, you know, just worrying about or trying to resolve it. But then immediately I tell myself, you know, let's just see how we can make this in an easier way rather than taking it too seriously because we all go through life with a lot of ups and downs obviously nobody's life is a straight line but when we think about um, the you know many times time resolves the issues rather than we jump into and try to resolve it sometimes just taking it easy think about it letting it go for a couple of days it just brings the calmness to, to you. But also, uh, even in raising kids, sometimes I feel like joking around and even taking it more as something fun rather than serious, it just brings a better environment in your life. So I always think about uh, jokes and laughter, something that I want to make sure this is more in my life, you know. Than, than taking everything so seriously. I can't imagine what it looked like not to have humor is such a integral part of like my family. Um, even when I <clears throat> dating somebody, I, one of the, the, the rules or one of the, the initiations to kind of like, you know, being incorporated in my life is like, you're going to meet my cousins and I'm going to let you know. Now we, we all joke, everything is on the table. And you got to be able to hold your own. You got to be able to joke right along with her because like, if you're coming into this like serious or you have an attitude, like 
it's funny over the years, you know, cause my cousins and I, we've dated different people. And, and, you know, when we meet that other person, that's always one of the things like, Hey, how was it? And it's like, I, I recall a cousin was dating this girl and I met her. And, and one of the first things I said was a joke right off the bat. And it was just like, she like seemed offended and like annoyed. And it was very innocuous. It was just like, Hey, you've been waiting for me or something like that. You know, like, who were like, what? And like, just like, I was like, Whoa, like, and then the, the whole rest of the interaction, you know, built on that. So it was just like, it wasn't a good feeling in that way for me. And, and it, it left my cousin with this feeling too, of like, Oh, this isn't great where, you know, now he's dating somebody and like this woman's incredible. She jokes right along with all of us. And it's just, it's like, that's, that's the, the glue that really connects us a lot of times within my family. And so, yeah, to, to not have that, I, it just, I can't even imagine what that would look like uh, a life without laughter and joking where, you know, obviously things are serious. There's a time to be serious, but yeah, it's, it's, you gotta have that too. It makes, like you said, uh, Daniel said, it makes you sleep better at night. It makes you, I think, look forward to, you know, interactions, whatever I go over, see my, my family, I'm like, all right, what, what hijinks are going to happen or who's going to be talking mess about who, uh, you know, again, it's all on the table. So you gotta, you gotta go over awake and alert and ready to, to kind of hash it out a bit. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know, uh, Dr. Rockers, that you were one of the very few psychologists I met that I laughed with. And I think from day one, when I got to know you, uh, you have a dry sense of humor, I think, that made me laugh. And, uh, and it was funny because I um, remember thinking that, oh, my gosh, I know many medical doctors that they're funny. And uh, specifically, uh, there are a couple of my friends' husbands that they laugh a lot of their jokes. And psychologists, I haven't seen, even though I know of quite, um, you know, a good number of psychologists, but I remember the sense of humor that you showed from day one I saw you, which I appreciated. And I remember I laughed with you. So thank you very much. That's very kind. Yeah. Coming back to the idea of the training in humor or training in our graduate programs in humor, I don't remember many of my instructors advocating use of humor. In fact, I oh, think interesting. the opposite direction. Oh. Which kind of goes back to, I think, what Alex was saying is you got to read, you got to, so in those situations, it's not so funny for me to make a joke around them or within yeah, their class. Yeah, yeah. Very careful, obviously. Yeah. Well, someone who has, uh, let's say, phobia, maybe, you know, as a third um, issue or third point of reference, you can't joke about that, you know, because in phobia, I think there's a way to connect and um, and make jokes about the third point, not the direct person. But that that was the only thing I was thinking you can do. You know, like if someone is afraid of uh, you know snake, although it's very serious for them, but you can connect it. And um, I've seen people laugh about it, even though they had phobia about different things. I would love to see one day. There's a psychologist who's a stand-up comedian who can make fun of um, the third point issues. You know what I mean? It's like specifically when it comes to phobias of, of animals, of height. And it would be really fun to, to see what they can say about these things, you know? 
That reminds me, there's, uh, like I mentioned, my cousin being a comedian, they actually did this like round table. It's like a round table uh, or a panel, excuse me. It's a panel of comedians talking about suicide. And it was so interesting because it was very serious, uh, very personal. Yet at the same time, there were points of it that were very humorous too. And I, I hadn't seen all of it, but uh, it was something I remember when he told me that they were doing that. I was like, wow, you gotta, you really gotta be able to pull that off in a certain way. You know, something probably more comedians can do than psychologists. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, bringing to light an important topic while at the same time being able to do it as a way of like, let's talk about it. Let's even infuse humor in this very serious topic. So it doesn't just, I think one, so there's not silence around it, but then also two, so that we can, you know, have these harder conversations. I don't know how that would work because I think it would be really, really interesting if a psychologist could bring all these important issues in life and in, in psychology and mix it with humor. It would be really, really fun to see how that would come up. Well, how can people do that? Like, how can our listeners do that? Mm-hmm. What would be a way they might? Yeah. I mean, think can they, a- is there a way, is there a formula that listeners could use to inject a little bit of humor or use humor to depotentiate or deflate some seriousness, heavy duty? It's more of this positive psychology, right? Absolutely. And, and I totally want to recommend, you know, as soon as something happens, you know, of course, you know, the logic says that we try to come up with good plan to take care of it. But also, you know, it's not the end of the world. When you think about it, anything in life is resolvable. The only thing is not resolvable is when you are you're dead. So anything is possible to work around it. And, and the best thing I can say is, uh, don't take it too seriously. That affects uh, tremendous stress. It's hard to say than do, but I think it's a it's a something that you really need to want to happen. And the reason I'm saying this is because I know I've done it and it worked for me. You can decide that you don't want to take life too seriously. Because after all, you know, you day goes by and life goes on. And with the worst thing that can happen in life, if you can't really do anything about it, you better take it easy and laugh about it, you know, because laughter can do wonder. And I know if you're around people that they make life better for you, especially with jokes and laughter, you know, sometimes I know I've seen people that they can't even handle laughter and jokes. They go, oh, I'm too serious. You know, now you're just, you know, making this in my life that I'm not ready for it right now. I'm stressed. But slow down, deep breathe and think that you will have such a short life. And it's better to be with laughter. It's better to be with jokes. You know, we can continue living our life but we can continue with fun, with laughter, with making it better for us than 
taking it too seriously and, and bringing more stress to our life because life in general is the place to really go through a lot of ups and downs. So how can we make it better with jokes and laughter? How can we make it better with taking it easy and just to stop for a second and say, does my stress make this um, work better? And many times, many times I have even experienced it that stress makes it worse because you can't communicate better at the point that you are stressed. You can't communicate better. So you better just say, okay, it is what it is. I lost this. Uh, for example, this happened to us just recently. We lost our flight and it was such a huge thing to um, get another flight. But right there at that point, you know, you lost your flight. So then you can you can stress over it. You can make it really worse or you can just deep breathe and say, worse things is like I, I fly tomorrow or I fly two hours later rather than getting it, you know, too seriously and making it even worse. So I really want our listeners when they listen to three psychologists talking about this is we understand life brings a lot of, you know, ups and downs and stresses and, and different things. But just be thoughtful and mindful of how you relate to it, how you can resolve it and how you can make it better by taking it easier. Well, well not to be a party pooper, as uh, <laughs> we were saying earlier, but uh, and this is not a joke, actually, uh, given that we're, we're pretty close to time today. Um, and I think, you know, Saide, that's a, that's a good kind of um, kind of last words for, uh, uh, you know, the last message for listeners. So I think uh, kind of on that note, we should echo that, uh, Dan and I, before we wrap up. Uh, I'll let you go first, Dan, or unless you want me to jump in there. Uh, why don't you jump in there? Do it. Sure. Yeah, I, what I encourage listeners to do is like, you know, if, if you feel like humor is hard for you to incorporate in your life, you know, look to somebody that, you know, you think is pretty funny, somebody that you know, who seems to kind of be able to, to have that a little bit more and just even ask, like, how do they, you know, how do they find that for themselves? Um, and so that you can get some idea of what that could maybe look like for you. So again, it might be a weird question, maybe not something you typically would ask somebody, but I find when we're vulnerable and we open up ourselves to be like, you know what, I feel like you're, you're joking a lot and you're pretty funny. Like, how do you do that? Or like, what are you thinking at those times? Um, so that way you can introduce that in your own life, maybe to just a little bit more degree. If we can laugh just a little bit more, as I was saying, I think, you know, that laughter can really help us in so many ways. I would say that I would echo what you're saying, Alex, but add to it. Keep in mind that when you try humor, sometimes it's not going to work and it won't feel very funny or fun, but you keep going with it. Maybe you can make a joke about that part of things. Um, I think that humor is a great idea. I like it, and I think it is well worthwhile. Just know, in the positive psychology terms, if you try it out, you're practicing, and sometimes it will work, and sometimes it won't work, and that's okay, too. All right. With that, we want to say goodbye to our listeners, and we're going to come back tomorrow to continue um, talk about another topic in psychology or, or life. Um, have a wonderful Saturday.
حسرت آید که آن شب از جنگل ها گذشتی بر تن سرد درخت ها یادگاری نبشتی با من اندوه جدایی نمیدانی چه ها نفرین به دست سر تو را از من جدا کرد بی تو بر روی نبارم اون سفنج مارده گشته بی تو از این زندگانی قلبم آزارده گشته بی تو ای دنیای شانی دلم دریای دردم چون کبوتر خاطرت آید که آن شب از جنگل ها گذشتی بر تن سرد درخت یادگاری نوشتی با من اندوه جدایی نمیدانی چه ها نفرین به دست سر را از من جدا کرد بی تو بر روی نبانم بوس پنج مارده گشته بی تو از این زندگانی قلبم آزارده گشته بی تو ای دنیای شادی دلم دریای دردم چون کبوتر دلم را شکستی خاطراتم را به یادم هر جا بی من نشستی رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا